Hey y'all, it's your girl Sonia with Sipping with Sonia. And today we are going to be talking about the choices we make. I am sipping on my H2O, but come on in here with your coffee, wine, or tea and sit with me as we get into the tea. Hey, folks. Yes, the choices that we make. So, you know, I'm a Generation X baby. I'm a 70s baby. And a lot of us in that generation were raised on survival and probably even the generations before mine. They were raised on survival. Uh, So, you know, we weren't raised in love. We were raised on survival and some were raised in love and some had both. Right. So if a person was raised on one and not the other, they tend to grow up without that balance. Yeah, because, you know, we were coming out of the 50s and the 60s where, you know, there was a lot going on in the world with racial discrimination, uh, which we still dealing with today and <laughs> fighting for our rights to vote, which we're still dealing with today. <laughs> Desegregation, police brutality, which we're still dealing with today. Rioting, which we're still dealing with today, et cetera. Right. But in the black community, you had to teach your child how to pay attention to uh, when a situation looks like it's about to go bad. Or if it is going bad, you go in the opposite direction. You know, don't go anywhere by yourself. You know, go in twos. You know, uh, don't go in certain neighborhoods, you know, et cetera. So you just everybody's situation is different according to the environment that they they were in or the, the state that they were raised in. You know, I'm from Philly. So the city of brotherly love and, you know, we were trained for survival so that when we left the house, we would make it back home. And although I grew up in a very peaceful area, I still had to travel out of my area to attend activities that I was involved in, like ballet or track and even to go to school because my mother didn't send me to school in my neighborhood. She sent me out of the neighborhood. So, you know, now, you know, see, we didn't have cell phones back then for our parents to track our location to see where we are, you know, find you, find your child. You know, we didn't have that, you know, you know, we, it was all on trust. You know, you had to, when you left the house to go to school or work or to a friend's house, they had to trust that you made it there safely and that you will call them when you got there to let them know you made it to your destination. And then when it was time to leave to go home, you had to call your parents again to let them know that you was on your way home so they could check the clock and time how long it would take for you to get home. And if you took too long, baby, they was coming to look for you. The whole squad, family, neighbors, everybody was coming to look for you. Now, if you were doing something you weren't supposed to be doing or you were someone you stopped somewhere along the way, I promise you, when they catch you, it's on site. <laughs> I promise you. They're going to catch you right where you are, <laughs> you know, because it's all, it's automatically the fear of, oh, my gosh, is my child okay? Where's my child at? And then when you find your child and see that they was playing around or somewhere they weren't supposed to be, now you pissed off and they, you, they just, you're just going to catch it. I'm going to just keep it real. You're just going to catch it. Um, you know, because I can remember one night. Uh, oh, my gosh, y'all, this is so crazy. I can remember one night. It's going to be I know it's funny. Y'all going to be laughing because I, I laugh now. It wasn't funny then, but it's funny now. I can remember one night my girlfriend and I was at a friend of ours house in the neighborhood. And we really didn't pay attention to the time. 
And I just happened to look up at the window and notice it had got dark. And I looked at the clock. I was like, oh, snap. Past curfew. Because curfew is you when the street lights go out, your behind better be in the house. Okay? I was a young teenager at the time, probably like 13 years old. So... Um, we started walking home and I mean quickly. Okay. We started walking home and lo and behold, my father pulled up on us. <laughs> Baby, talk about shook. He pulled up on us in his unmarked car. Cause my father was a police officer. He was a detective. So he pulled up in his unmarked car with the siren on top. Whoop. And a bullhorn yelling at me and her to get your asses in the house. Man, talk about embarrassed. Oh, man. I mean, I was like, why you couldn't just say what you got to say in a soft, soft voice? Why you got to use the bullhorn, though? The bullhorn? <laughs> well, our parents didn't care back in the day, boy. They just didn't care. Now, although many of us were raised on survival, I'm not going to say that our parents didn't love us. Um, or your parents didn't love you because that would be lying. You know, everybody shows love differently. You know, however, you know, they loved us through their actions. You know, they were probably not the most affectionate and they weren't mushy with it like some parents are. And it doesn't make them bad or wrong or anybody else better than them. It's just the reality of where we were in those times and what our parents were willing to do to keep us safe. Okay. And, you know, some learned survival and didn't really learn what love is. And some had a lot of love and no survival instincts at all. I mean, no street smarts at all. Just straight naive, you know. So, again, it it depends on where you grow up, you know. And when you grow up with a deficit in what you were not taught or observed as you get older and you get around other people and see what they have and they have something that you don't, then you strive to get it. But you don't know who to get it from or how to get it. So you start to look for it in all the wrong places or people. And then that's when it becomes very dangerous, you know, um, and looking for some type of example of what it should be. And it's nothing wrong with looking for an example of what it should be. But sometimes the examples that they see from elders somewhere in the community can be positive or negative. But the thing is, if you've never had the proper example of what love should look like, then you don't know what's healthy or unhealthy until you end up in a relationship as a relationship. And then you realize, I don't like the way that certain behaviors make me feel. I don't like what this person is doing. I don't like this behavior. I don't like how I feel, you know, um, that's when you realize, all right, this is not good. And, and you, you learn your lessons. These, they, it's, it's learning lessons, right? You know, and unfortunately, you had to learn the hard way through trial and error. You know, a lot of us have. We all been there, right? You know, I've learned them too. I've learned a lot of things trial and error. I wish my mother and my father had to pull my coattail on some stuff. Real talk. They, my, my mom was a good mom, but she was the GOAT. Greatest of all times. But back then, they didn't talk to us about certain things, right? Everything was, you know, stay in a child's place and be seen, not heard. And, you know, you don't get in grown folks' business. So they didn't have conversations around you. I, I know my family, we had to go upstairs when the grown adults wanted to have a conversation. You weren't allowed in those conversations. And I understand that as a child. But when I become a teenager 
and I'm starting to learn more and evolve more, I think that's when parents really should start having more detailed conversations with their children about life and what to expect, what not to expect, and just really kind of just leaving a, having an open door policy so that when your child does experience things out there in the world, they can come back and have a conversation with you. And it's a safe place where they can be transparent. They can be vulnerable to communicate with you, with their parent, you know, and, and know that they're going to get some protection, some guidance, some love, some education on the situation, you know, kids need that, you know, unfortunately, we had to figure stuff out, you know, in my generation and the generations before mine, we just had to figure it out, you know, Um, and we learned a lot of things. And I know I've learned a lot of things on my own that I do wish my mom had taught me, you know, or my father had taught me. But I mean, I'm not upset about it today. You know, that's I'm over that, you know, it is what it is. But when you look back on it, it was like, yeah, I wish I because it would have saved me some time and would have saved me some energy that I put into things that I probably shouldn't have wasted my time on. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense to you all. So let me drop some methodology on y'all. See, a mother is her son's first love and a father is his daughter's first love. And if the father is not there for his daughter as she's growing up to teach her, guide her and show her how a man should treat her. And then when she becomes of age, she won't know how a man is supposed to love her, protect her, provide her and help her live her purpose. You know, so she will look for what she didn't get from daddy and all the wrong type of men because she didn't have a moral compass. She's trying to figure it out. She doesn't know what are the red flags. She doesn't know the manipulators and the playboys and the habitual liars and the guys with their own agenda. She learns this the hard way. She doesn't know when a guy is being kind and polite to her and he doesn't have an agenda. She doesn't know. She doesn't know how to differentiate between the two because, again, she didn't have the example. And through experience... Or maybe she may get some schooling from older teenagers who know the game. I know in my case, I had a few male friends growing up. They were like brothers to me. They protect me. They looked out for me, you know. And um, and they would school me on dudes that was, you know, on some sneaky shit. They would. And I appreciated that because I was like, they were older than me, you know. So they would school me. They were like, yo, like, don't do that. No, he he on this. He, he on that. You know, watch out for that. You know, and having them as a presence when guys would come around, it it made the it, it showed that okay, she got some cats that's in her corner, so I gotta be careful how I move with her, you know. And that that's very important. It's very important to have a male presence, whether they real brothers or you know they soul brothers. It's important to have. As as a young lady, it's important. A teenager coming up, young lady, it's important to have those have those type of male figures in your life, especially when you're dating and you're putting yourself out there because you know, like I said, they can school you on some things, you know. And um, I also used to hang around the older crowd because sometimes I was learning things in the street. From them, I was learning what I didn't get at home. Not to say that nothing was bad at home. It's just that you're not going to learn everything from one person. And when they say it takes a village, they nailed it. 
because you're not going to learn everything from your parents. Some stuff you're going to learn in the streets or your neighborhood. You're going to learn from the people that you hang around. You're going to learn from the bad relationships you got into. You're going to learn, you know. And then the moment a guy shows her some attention and he's consistent and he's present and he's doing all the right things, he's saying all the right stuff. Because he wants that stuff. <laughs> Can we keep it real? He's going to say all the right stuff and do all the right stuff because he wants that stuff. Okay. Uh, but, you know, but because she had no guidance from her father, she's going to think that this guy really does love me and he cares about me. But you have to remember People always have a mask on in the beginning. And some men know if daddy wasn't around, they can manipulate you because they know you want to be loved and protected. Then when you're invested and your heart is in it, their true self shows up. The switch up happens. Then she sees a version of that guy that she doesn't like. And they may argue about it. She's going to stand her ground, especially if you're from Philly. You know, we, we, we know how to stand our ground, right? But we love hard. And he's already learned how to manipulate you. Keep you stuck so he can control, control you or try to control you or try to control the dynamic of how the relationship will go. And once the heart is involved, it's not easy to walk away. It's doable, but it's not easy because you're fighting against your heart and your soul. Her heart says, I love him. And her soul is mirroring, should I go towards him or should I turn away? But deep down in your spirit, you know what you must do. But sometimes the flesh is just weak and that's real talk. We all been there. Me too. We all played the fool for love. We all played the fool for somebody. You weren't asking for too much. You were just asking from, for it from the wrong person. You know, when a young girl does not get the proper love, affection, and guidance and attention from her father, she will always be chasing the ghosts of her father and other men that she comes across. This goes until she gets... Sick and tired of the games men play. And then, you know, until she gets sick and tired of being sick and tired, then that's when she'll make some steps to heal. Find out why she's the way she is. What's going on? Most times it's abandonment, abandonment issues. But if she takes the time to go heal from her abandonment issues, release attachments to a person or an expected end, heal from her trust issues, learn how to trust again after the people that you did trust betrayed you or weren't there for you. And forgive herself for the mistakes that she made. Unbeknownst to her, she didn't know what mistakes she was making. You don't know what you're doing till you get in it. Sometimes you don't even know what you into you in it. You know? You don't know what you don't know. But then when you wise up, when you know better, you do better. And she'll go through some relationships that are not fulfilling. But unfortunately, it's a part of the process of learning herself. 
You're going to learn lessons in those relationships. What she likes, what she doesn't like, where she wants to go, what she wants to do with her life, how she wants to get there, what her purpose is, vision. And if she's gotten involved with a man at a young age and they may have gotten married and had children, her dreams are further and further away because now she has stepped into the role of responsibility of a wife and a mother or maybe just a mother doing it on her own. Not all people who have children have gotten married. And, you know, now you have someone's life that you're responsible for and your survival mode kicks back in again and you got to go to work so you can take care of your family. And all and in all of that, who's thinking about purpose? Her mind is in the next response. Her mind is in the next responsibility that she has to take care of. The water bill, the light bill, the gas bill, the grocery bill, the clothes, the kids' after-school curricular activities. But at some point in her life, she will take stock of her life and where she is. And when she doesn't like what she sees, she will do something about it. Whether it's going back to school, starting a new career, move to a new state, meditate, pray, whatever she has to do to become a better version of herself and heal from her past, she will do that. And when she does, oh, baby, she will be a force to reckon with. I know what I'm telling y'all. I've been there where I had to go heal from some things from my past. I meditate and I pray. You know, I went back to school and and got a certificate in cosmetology and started a whole new career in cosmetology and still do it to this day. I moved to a new state a couple times, (laughs) you know, because your blessing is connected to your geography. I did whatever I had to do to heal from my past so I could be a healthier person for myself and my family. And. To know the signs and the red flags when I'm dating someone to see if they are authentic or not. It's a process. It's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. You can't blame yourself. Some people blame themselves and you can't blame yourself when you don't know what you don't know. You can't be accountable for what you don't know. You can only be accountable for what you do know. And I'm here to tell you, free your mind. Forgive yourself. Now, let's talk about these sons, right? So a son's mother is his first love. And he hangs everything on her word. And there are many scenarios, but I'm only going to give you one for the sake of this conversation because we ain't going to be here all night, (laughs) okay? But in some cases, when a couple breaks up, And the father doesn't do right by helping the mother raise the son. Or maybe he didn't do right by her in the relationship. And and they broke up on bad terms, right? But now they need to co-parent. But she's doing it alone. And you got the bickering and the arguing and she's practically begging him to be a father to his child, trying to do right by his son. And he won't. He off to the next chick. You know how they do. And sometimes that bitter breakup with the son's father 
or being angry because he's not stepping up to help her take care of their son. This can cause resentment in her. Now she's resenting the father. She's angry at the father. Right? Y'all with me? I hope y'all still with me. And now every time she looks at her son, she sees his father. And it's a reminder of how things went down. She didn't get the closure she needed. She didn't get what she wanted out the deal. So she's still mad about it, which makes it harder for her to heal from it and move on. It starts to build up. And now she's taken all of the anger and bitterness and frustration that has festered in her about the father. She's taken it out on her son. Subconsciously. Her anger and bitterness keeps her from enjoying being a mother and creating memories with her son. Now, I'm not saying all women do this. I begin. I'm just giving you a scenario. She gets so stuck that she wastes precious time worrying about the wrong stuff. Come on, y'all. We got to stop worrying about the wrong stuff and keep the main thing the main thing when it comes to these babies. Now he's a victim to a situation that he didn't ask for, nor could he control. All the mean things that she said, calling him names and telling him that he ain't never going to be shit because daddy ain't shit. Y'all know y'all heard people say that. Y'all know y'all heard people say it. I heard people say it. I've never said that to mine, but I've heard people say that. And it blows my mind. My eyes pop out the back of my head. Like, did you just say that to that little boy? Come on. And if he resembles any character trait of the father, it's the problem. And the list goes on. I mean, y'all could write a whole list about the stuff that y'all saw. We all saw stuff, right? But she fails to realize that she is damaging his self-esteem, his confidence, and his spirit. When he becomes an adult, he will attract women who treat him the way his mother did because that's all he knows. Because this, his energy says, I want you to love me. I need you to love me. And he will do things for that woman to get her love. Buy her things, take her places, give her what she wants. He'll even let her take advantage of him. Because he, he's trying to buy her affection. And he'll try to do whatever he can to get something that he'll never get from that person. Most times it's the affection. And the love. His state of mind will keep him choosing women he thinks he can get to love him. It's like, if I do this for her, then she'll do this for me. And then I'll feel loved. That's not, that's not true love. That's contingency. You only do something for somebody if you're going to get something in return. That's not love. When you do something for somebody, you do it because you choose to and you're not looking for anything in return because honestly, your blessings ain't going to come from the person that you bless anyway. But if you go in with an agenda to get something from someone and you're doing something for that person because you want to get something in return, you'll be setting yourself up for disappointment every time. 
Some women don't know how to love either. And they only know how to tear men down, manipulate them, be disrespectful, etc. You can add whatever you want to add to that list. Because that's what they may have seen in women and their family do. Sometimes some girls was raised to see their mother be disrespectful to men and tear men down and talk about them and cuss them out. That's what they was raised by. Again, kids do what's caught, not taught. And because that man is in the energy of being attached to his abandonment issues and his trust issues, and he has no moral compass, he keeps getting hurt. Hurt on top of hurt is very dangerous because at some point that man is going to explode. If he doesn't get help and his mother may not have abandoned him physically, but she did abandon him spiritually, mentally, and most importantly, emotionally. Little boys need that from their mothers, too. They need that nurturing. Because I said in a podcast before about how we all have a feminine and masculine side. They both have to be nurtured, your masculine side as well as the feminine side. So you can have that balance. Now hear me when I say this. How his mother treats him sets the tone for how he treats every woman in his life until he gets healed. Okay, I'm going to say that again for those of y'all in the back who didn't hear me. (laughs) How his mother treats him sets the tone for how he treats Every woman in his life until he gets healed. He will think all women are the same until one day he gets tired of the toxic cycle with the wrong woman. And he prays for an honest woman that his heart can be safe with and build a life together. And then one day his prayers are answered and he comes across that woman. And God will even show him how to identify the woman when she shows up so he won't make a mistake. So he'll know who it is. One who knows how to love. One who knows how to be honest with him. One who knows how to be encouraging and build him up, not tear him down. And at first, you know, he's going to be excited. He's going to be happy. Until one day he starts to overthink it. And he starts making all kinds of assumptions because she's too good to be true. Everything is flowing easy. It's not forced. The friendship is growing organically. And he likes it. Even though it's unfamiliar to him. Now he does the inevitable. And he starts what a lot of people do, which is very dangerous. Start talking to people about this special woman. Keep your mouth shut. Be careful who you talk to. Start talking to your friends about this special woman. Sharing all her great qualities and how she makes him feel like he's 10 feet tall and how he could see himself with her long term. And she challenges him to be better and he he likes it because he wants to be better. He really does. But see, he's too busy being a people pleaser to his friends. He's too busy caring about what they think. This is your life, not theirs. They get to live their life the way they want to. And you have to live your life the way you want to without regret. And this is what you pray for. 
He prayed for this woman. But be careful. Sometimes your own circle, your own so-called friends don't want to see you be better or happy. They want you to stay right where you are so they can be relevant. And if you level up, y'all won't have much in common anymore anyway, which will cause distance. If some of them, some of y'all men look back on the women that you're dealing with, you realize if the sec, if you stop the sex, y'all really don't have much in common. Some of your friends will make you think that because this woman is different, something's wrong with her. Because they've never encountered a woman like that. Ooh, we getting somewhere now. They don't understand what they don't know. So he can, and most do, self-sabotage and push her away. See, most times... Your friends, they see greatness in you before you do. I'm going to say that again for the people in the back. Most times, your friends see greatness in you and on you before you do. That's why they're your friend. Because when when you step into your greatness for real, they want to ride the coattail, the gravy train. See, the jealousy kicks in, and the moment that they feel you are elevating past them, they try to find a way to mindfuck you and manipulate you to stay where you are. Whatever you do, they want to be a part of it, and they do want to see you do good, but they just don't want to see you do better than them. Oh, can we talk about it? Pay attention to the signs. You'll let them coerce you into second-guessing yourself and God. You ask for this. You'll have thoughts of, I'm not good enough for her. What do I have to offer her? Now you start thinking about how much money you got in the bank, what your house look like, what kind of car you drive. She don't care about none of that stuff. Oh, she's way more than what I expected. I don't know what to do with her. How about you just be yourself? And if there's anything that you don't know, just ask. She'll tell you. Because, see, the low effort that he put in with other women to get what he wanted, he knows he can't do this with this woman. He'll have to give up some stuff and people and step up his behavior and come correct. And sometimes men can't meet the right. They can meet the right woman and still not be ready to do that, to step up, to make the right choice. And then before he realizes it, his heart is already engaged. He's trying to figure out how did she get here? How did she get in my house and my heart? How did she get here so fast? Ain't nobody supposed to be here. Especially if he's never been in love before. He won't be able to handle the intensity of their connection. He won't be able to handle those emotions. He gets scared and he runs. He sabotages the connection and goes right back into what God, to what he asked God to deliver him from. Yeah. Why? That's where he can hide. It's familiar. He can keep his mask on. He can hide behind his true feelings. Even though in his gut he wants that woman, 
someone different, something different. He's afraid to step out because he still doesn't know what he's going to get. To start all over with no guarantee. What if I screw it up? I never had this before. If I screw up with this woman, the way I feel about her, the heartbreak will be devastating. I got some messy ways. I don't want to mess. I don't want to treat her wrong. See, other women who don't have his heart, he doesn't care about how much they fuss or get mad at him and not speak to him for a few days because he knows they'll be back. They'll be back to their bullshit. But the woman who has his heart, he's petrified of her. Because if he messes up with her, that could destroy his ego and close him off to love, period. And unfortunately, he'd rather mask his feelings to others and go home and cry at night and regret about the choices he made and the choices he was afraid to make. Y'all catch that. Sometimes you have to burn bridges, jump off the cliff and grow wings on the way down. And jump into the deep unknown to get to the land flowing with milk and honey. He goes through all these emotions and roller coaster rides all because of how his mother or the woman who raised him treated him. And he never dealt with that pain. He just went from woman to woman thinking he could heal. But the best way to heal is to sit in that pain. Find out why you feel the way you feel and pluck it up from the root and deal with it every single day. Do something every single day to be better from those thoughts, that heartbreak. It's a process. Now, of course, it's not everybody's story. Remember, as I said earlier, this is just one scenario, you know, of what can happen when as parents, we are not present in our children's lives and teaching them, loving them, protecting them, guiding them. Now, if a man closes his heart off and still gets involved in a relationship or marries someone, he'll be looking for a better version of his mother, the love he didn't get. And his girlfriend or his wife now will be put into a cycle of crazy. <laughs> and they watch you constantly chase something that you never get. See, she's not responsible to give you what your mother didn't give you. She is only supposed to expound on that. Add to what happiness you already have. See, too many people looking for other people to make them happy. But oftentimes, you know, people get in relationships and they put the responsibility on the other person to give them what they're missing. And it's not fair to anyone because that's a lot of pressure to put on someone to be accountable for your hangups. Then the moment they step outside your box, you go on to the next person with the same baggage. You know, daughters are always chasing the ghost of their father and boys are always chasing the love of their mother and other people. And then when they don't get what they need or want, they stay stuck in a place of feeling insecure, feeling like they're not worthy of real love. Nobody loves them because they don't know how to love themselves. They don't know how to communicate what they want. They shut down. They isolate themselves. 
And some people suffer from depression. And on the flip side, for some, they finally sit still by themselves, shut off the phone, TV, and the radio, and they pray and ask for guidance. They reach out to people that they know and find ask somebody to help them so they can get off the hamster wheel. They tired. They go get therapy or follow a mentor or someone that can pour into them and teach them how to heal. Teach them how to be a man because you got a lot of boys out here in the shell of a man's body. We got a lot of grown boys out here and we got a lot of grown girls out here in the shell of a woman's body. They still that inner child is still because it has not been healed. They still operating from that inner child in these adult bodies. I know I don't hit somebody with that one right there. But he gets with somebody who can teach him how to heal so he can become a better person. And in that therapy or counseling, they realize how messed up mom was. Because she had a broken heart. And her people hurt people. Sometimes, unfortunately, it's the person that's the closest to you that hurts you the most. I'm just saying a lot of things that we learned as a child because it was generational, we thought it was okay. But because it was generational or history had has repeated itself, doesn't make it right. Children grew up to be functional, dysfunctional adults, coexisting, mechanical robots, masked, living a lie, becoming creatures of habit. They're never learned how to love themselves and be loved, be themselves no matter what. Live in your truth. Be authentic. And whoever don't like it, that's their problem. So I charge you today, if you are a parent, married or single, let's be the catalyst of change and do everything that we can to be better spiritually, mentally, and emotionally so that we can be a beacon of light to our children, for our children, and our grandchildren. And if you started off wrong, it's okay. You can always make a course correction and you can start doing things right. It's never too late to make an effort. To-